welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Serving Sonic. Serving Sonic, the podcast for and by lovers of music. Uh, this is a new episode for us, a very special one, um, uh, kind of sad one though, because we are missing one of our faithful hosts, Hunter is um, off this week, and so we've got uh, a very special guest filling in. Um, Our special guest is a uh, renowned member of the Nobel Prize winning uh, shoegaze gospel experimental acapella band, uh, YOLO Crew. It is Dr. Mm. DJ David Herrera. What's up, David? Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Wow. I had to- <laughs> He's just like I imagined. Understated. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You know, very busy with, uh, you know, being a doctor and just living life to the fullest. Right. But I'm happy exactly. to make some time to yeah. be here with you. Mm-hmm. You might yes. be the second most busiest doctor behind Dre. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And of course, Both we also have... Hands-on. We also have, as always, Lee the Eagle Bader um, with us today. Oh! There he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a this is a really exciting episode. We've got some new music. We've got some new segments for y'all. Um, so we're mm. we're pumped uh, to have you tuning in once again. Um, I don't know what else to say in the intro. Uh, what's up, you guys? Yeah. Have, have Have you guys watched Mayor of Easttown yet? I have. It's fantastic. It's so good. I that Kate Winslet guy. Wait, here's a question. Yeah. Here's here's a question. Yeah, if, that Kate Winslet guy is great. Oh, oh <laughs> she's just the best. That Kate Winslet yeah. is the best. Yeah. Um, here, here's a question for you though. If you could mm. um, choose any actor, alive or dead, to play you in a biography movie, who would you choose? Mm-hmm. You have like thirty seconds. To Vin answer. Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, that's of an course. easy one for you. Yeah, the other um, doctor. See, me though. I'm gonna put a little bit of time into my uh, decision here. Um, okay, I'll go with the top three, and I okay. think they're pretty obvious choices. One, Denzel Washington. <laughs> I yep. think he has the same energy that I do generally, which is commanding and yeah. um, King Kong ain't got nothing around, on you. All around great guy. Um, so that's one. Two. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, I can see my that. hairline's <laughs> also not the greatest, so me and him have that in common. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, he's bald. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but eventually. Uh, and then, uh, ooh, tough. Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, he's an actor first. Uh, obvious reason. Yeah, yeah, obvious reasons. That's that should be his debut role. Yeah. Well, he was in Anchorman too, so it wouldn't was necessarily he? be his Fuck, debut. You're right. You're yeah. right. I forgot about that. Him and yeah. Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, wow. I would definitely choose Kate Winslet because he's what he's a great. Good, what a great actor that guy is. Um, <laughs> in actual news, though, as well, um, for for listeners, um, I mean, it's the 14th right now, but the 15th is probably when me- most people will be listening to this. And the Polaris Music Prize is announcing their long list at noon, June 15th, which is really, really exciting. I, I imagine that DJ SB, Rochelle Jordan, Cadence Weapon, Mustafa, all artists that we've talked about on the show 
so far in the first four seasons will probably be um, nominated. I'm sure there's others too that I'm missing that we've talked about as well. But anyways, I'm really excited. Is there any kind of artist that you think is going to get some, some fanfare as well that we haven't really talked about um, yet, or or you just kind of excited to see what happens? You're a lot of buzz around the cadence weapon record. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little caught off guard here with, with that question. There's a lot of people that I would it's... I would hope to see. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see Chad Van Galen back on there. Yeah. Because his, his did work he have is an album always... this past year? Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He, uh, nice. what, what was it called? His album names are always so good. Um, let me just check. <laughs> latest release because he was also doing stuff for like cartoon network and really yeah oh yeah world's most stressed out gardener that is an album (laughs) great album great single samurai sword title yeah and it's really good um i'd love to see him back on there he's also a local local he's a hero of mine so for sure and david what about you joe budden uh, no, Fat Joe actually would love to get Fat Joe. Yeah, the first ever New York born and raised artist to be nominated for the Polaris Prize. Exactly. Honestly, I think they should nominate all of Frank Ocean's albums. That would be my suggestion. Right. Also, where is yeah, that again, album? Again, not Canadian, but um, yeah. but hey, maybe the first ever non-Canadian Polaris Prize winner. That would be cool. Exactly. Yeah, they give it to Frank Ocean after after much thought. They give it to 2016's <laughs> Blonde. Much deliberation. But what I would say is like, definitely follow us on social media at Servant Sonic, both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there. Um, we'll most likely be tweeting or Instagramming or uh, all that good stuff. Um, about the Polaris long list when it drops, I'm sure that it's going to have some good shit on there and, and stuff that we've already talked about and already got excited about and new stuff that we haven't listened to yet. So let us know on social media is what I'm saying. If there's a, a particularly dope album that you think uh, got some um, got some attention that we haven't talked about yet because it's very exciting. Polaris is one of those few like kind of like music awards that I really, really get excited about. You know, um, mm-hmm. they, they tend yeah. to get it right a lot of the time. Um, yeah which is nice it's like the most legit i think yeah in terms of canadian music it's just like really the cream of the crop i think yeah um yeah anyway so what did we listen to today oh um yeah 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 well i'm i'm really excited we've got uh uh, for sort of the first segment we've got a new album from a band uh that i'm a big fan of called japanese breakfast um this is an experimental pop Mm. band that's been around for uh, about a decade, I think they've been doing the thing. Um, the uh, band is comprised of a few members, four, I think, in general. Um, Michelle Zauner, uh, who does lead vocals, uh, keyboard, and guitars. Uh, Peter Bradley, who's guitar and keys, who's also just found out her husband. <gasps> oh, yeah? Um, Craig Hendricks. Love. Um, Craig Hendricks, who does uh, drums and backup vocals. And Devin Crage on bass. Um, this, uh, album is very dope. It's called Jubilee. And the first song that we're going to listen to right now is called Paprika. Let's get it.
nice um what a track those horns though great horns um so yeah that's the that's the first track off of the album jubilee by japanese breakfast um this is, album is wonderful it's beautiful um it's sort of like a uh uh i want to call it like a triumphant uh sci-fi exclamation point in japanese breakfast discography 
Um, as you heard, you know, there's uh, really complex sort of uh, poetic lyricism and uh, lush, uh, layered production. Uh, it really kind of brings me back personally to back in the day, back to my adolescence. So many years ago when bands like um, Stars and Bell and Sebastian and the Most Serene Republic were blasting out of my iPod Nano. Um, it almost, to me, kind of felt like a, a bit of like an indie pop revival, like an early 2000s. Real quick, real quick. Revival? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What color was that Nano? Ooh, uh, I think it was like the magenta. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was all cool. chipped and marked and shit. Yeah, it's just good to know. Anyways, continue on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just masterfully done, you know? Uh, there's a there's a definite uh, uh, deep understanding of the genre that they are uh, creating in. Um, and it's very, you know, precise. Um, and those horns, though, just beautiful. So good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their uh, third, I think, third studio album. And in, in my research, I kind of discovered that uh, the real driving force behind this band is the front woman herself. Yeah. Michelle. For sure. Zauner. Um, she is in herself like a total, as the French would say, tour de force. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I did a little research on Michelle. Bonjour to you. <laughs> Bienvenue, long guy. Exactly, exactly. She, uh, Michelle, was born in uh, 1989, same year as me. Birthday twins. Wow. So that's fun. She's also um, 30. Well, I guess now she's 32. Right. So yeah, I guess yeah. she's uh, she's probably getting ready for. <laughs> Retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's way nicer than what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you scamp. Yeah. Uh, but so she, <laughs> yeah. Um, she was born in Seoul in South Korea. Oh, cool. Um but uh, her parents quickly moved to Eugene, Oregon. Go ducks. Nice, yeah, go ducks. See, for sure, quick. for sure. Um, yeah. um Chris Boucher, huh? Of the Toronto Raptors. Luke <laughs> Wenz Dort. The Oklahoma's homeless city oh. thunder. There you go. Oh. Yeah, they were okay. ducks. They were ducks. I don't know what those words were. Yeah, um, human the beings. Only, the only reason human that I know is who they were. Oh, they yeah. were human they basketball players. Nope, human basketball players played for oh. the Oregon Ducks, but are Canadian basketball okay. players and now play in the nice. National Basketball Association. One of which plays That's for the awesome. Toronto Raptors. So there you go. Go Ducks. Boom. You know, yeah. up until this very moment, I thought the Ducks was a football team. Oh, my God. Uh, they're um, a school. So it's Oregon Ducks. Yeah, like, yeah. So they are a football team. University of Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's funny because the only reason I know that they're... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only reason I know they're called the Ducks in Eugene is because my mom went to... U of O in Eugene, and she has a bunch of Ducks gear. Oh, very cool. Yeah, lots so of green. Big supporter. Lots of green, lots of yellow. Yep. yep. Lots of day glow. Yes. Um, so uh, so she's, <laughs> Michelle Zauner is from uh, Eugene. 
um, and uh, 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 has been in music a very long time. Um, started uh, solo under the moniker Little Girl Big Spoon, um, and then fronted Post Post, which was uh, sort of like an indie uh, pop band, um, and then Little Big League, which was like an indie uh, emo uh, band. Lots of little, uh, lots of big going on. Yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, lots of little big stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then formed uh, Japanese Breakfast with uh, her bandmates. Uh, their first release was in 2013. Um, their first album was in 2016. That was Psycho Pomp. And if uh, you've heard any of the tracks from Psycho Pomp, it, uh, it's an intense album. It's an intense listen. Uh, her mom had recently died of cancer, um, tragically. Um, you know, right as, as Michelle was kind of entering adulthood and this album really seeks to kind of confront that, um, that very tragic event in her life. And so it is appropriately dark, um, and heavy in terms of the tone, especially lyrical tone, the, uh, production of early, uh, Jay Brecky as the fans call Japanese breakfast. Uh, reminds me a lot of bands like Beach House, uh, War on Drugs, even some Blood Orange in there. It's really cool stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, their second release, Soft Sounds from Another Planet, is like a uh, sci-fi take on that sound. Um, so good. Just great. Both really, really, really good releases. Yeah. Uh, Michelle yeah. herself, um, you know, is is such a creative in in the research that I was doing. I discovered that she is like a straight up G, like she's doing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, she directed a lot of the music videos for Japanese Breakfast herself. Oh. Um, the video for Be Sweet, which is a song that we'll be listening to shortly. Um, it's a dope track and the video is hilarious and she directed it herself uh the video for the body is a blade which is off of i think the first album maybe the second album i'm not sure um is like heartbreakingly beautiful um it's basically a bunch of family photos and clips of her visiting those locations like video clips of her visiting those locations later in life Mm. um and it's a lot of images of like her mom and stuff um and i dare you to watch it without shedding a tear i challenge you challenge accepted um yeah david doesn't cry yeah i've never seen him cry once i've kicked him directly in the shin multiple times trying (laughs) i have no tears left he also has no shins (laughs) left either I've disintegrated <laughs> them with my forceful kicks. True. Yeah. Here's here's the thing though with Michelle is she's a musician, right? She's also a director um, of her own music videos. But get this: um, when they released Soft Sounds from Another Planet, they also released a video game called, called Japanese Break Quest. Hell with yeah! Eight bit MIDI versions of the album as the soundtrack of the game. And Michelle developed that game herself along with, like, a video game developer <laughs> that she worked with. I know. Jesus Christ. It's wild. It's so wild. Um, Just a genius. They also... Straight up, yeah. yeah. Um, they also uh, created an original soundtrack for an upcoming game called Sable. You can go on YouTube, watch the uh, trailer for Sable. It's S-A-B-L-E. It looks like a dope-ass game. I'm going to play it. Nice. Um, and then, on top of all of that... Uh, Michelle wrote and released a memoir that was uh, released just in uh, in April of this year. Mm. Um, that memoir is called Crying in H Mart, 
it immediately became a New York Times bestseller, was the number two New York Times bestseller um, for when it came out. It's also been called Book of the Year by pretty much all the critics that (laughs) matter in the literary world. Right, so Frank Ocean. Um, I I pulled a... Exactly, yeah. Um, I pulled a a quote from one critic. It says, uh, Michelle has written a book you experience with all your senses, sentences you can taste, paragraphs that sound like music. She seamlessly blends stories of food and memory, sumptuousness and grief to weave a complex narrative of loyalty and loss. Um, You can read... A, an article that she published prior to the memoir that the memoir is based off of. The article is also called Crying at H Mart. Go mm. read it. It's wonderful. It's hilarious. Um, it, like the, the critic really kind of sums up the vibe. Mm. Um, but it's awesome. And now that memoir is being developed into a movie for which Japanese Breakfast is providing the soundtrack. Oh. Um, yeah. So it just... She is, like, totally incredible, like a total creative... If she was a doctor, she'd uh, be the busiest doctor alive, over David. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She would take, she would take that title, yeah, yes, for sure. you would be second at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I, I feel like a doctorate is the only thing she hasn't done. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. She could still do it, I believe. She's it. got yeah. time. Clearly. Totally. She's only 32. <laughs> Open open schedule from the sounds of it too. I I've got time, so she's got time. Yeah, exactly. No, that's crazy. She's doing a shit ton. Um, I will say yeah. with Japanese breakfast, like I've listened to Psycho Pump and I've listened to Soft Sounds. Soft Sounds being for me my favorite of the three albums so far. Nice. Um, they don't miss. They don't miss. Every album's good, um, which is is cool. I, including Jubilee, um, they really uh, yeah. And they all kind of sound different too, in my opinion. Um, yeah, which is nice. yeah. This was yeah. A, yeah. this was the first song that I've listened to this year, where I'm like, I would love to go see this live at a small venue with a couple friends. I was like, I would love to like hear this right. and yeah. like have a, a lot of fun with friends. people. <laughs> exactly. You and your closest yeah, doctor yeah. friends. Yeah. Maybe a surgeon in there. In yeah. The mix. Yeah. Maybe too analytical a surgeon. Get someone else. Hmm, yeah, yeah, like a like a social science, a social sciences doctor or something. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> like a doctor of art history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, a chill. They'd doctor. be into that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Light up a doobie beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know what more to say uh, about uh, Japanese Breakfast, Jay Brecky. Um, like Lee said, I'm also a huge fan of this band, and um, I just think they have so many uh, more places that they're they're going to go, uh, in particular Michelle. For sure. Um, How can and, she not? Oh, here's the really? tie-in. Like, think about all yeah, the exactly, shit she's exactly. doing. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. Totally. Like in the video game space, that's like such a different straight up, thing. Straight up, how could she not do something creative as fuck for whatever the next it thing is, whether it's an album or a book or whatever? It seems like she can't. Like, you know what I mean? It seems like. Yeah. It's just like. She's constant. like masterful. Yeah. It's just a constant. She's like, iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very cool. Yeah, I didn't let's know get her she on did all here. that shit. <laughs> that's the type of yeah. people we want to interview, right? Icons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nothing it. less. That's our bar. Yeah. 
Um, and, and guys, here's the tie-in. She was also hired to be the music consultant for the show, The Mayor of Easttown. Ah, Boom. I see. I see what you did there. Tied it in. Because you started. Tied it in. You started with Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. And now Which I just, I, I also just wanted to talk about because I just finished it. Yeah. Really I haven't good. watched it yet, and so no spoilers, God, please. Come on, David. Oh, you got to watch it for Kate. Yeah. I think there's probably going to be like at least nine of those too so that can be your new fast and furious i hopefully yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i can almost guarantee it no it's uh it's really good it's the best tv i've watched all year for Ooh, sure okay hands down hands down it's not close definitely definitely yeah definitely definitely but that's cool i didn't know and, she was you know the soundtrack the, yeah totally the soundtrack does have an impact on the watchability of that show as well and there's like yeah. iconic music on that show phoebe bridgers yeah. has a track yeah yeah uh, mannequin pussies on there all over the place mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think Japanese breakfast is also featured in the soundtrack right there you go so it's, it's a dope show yeah it's awesome um, about my life um, and so there you have it guys that's uh, that's Jubilee by Japanese breakfast uh, I'll give it a quick rating um, I don't really have anything t- to criticize about this album like I just every time I listen to it I kind of hear something new um, I'm sure if I listen to it, you know, a million more times, I might be like, mm. but uh, for now, it's it's the thing that I want to bump first and foremost. Um, so for a rating, I'm going to give this nine mukbangs out of ten. Oh, that's high. Yeah. There you go. Michelle apparently loves watching mukbangs. Oh, okay. So that's what why. is what is mukbang? So yeah, I don't even know what that yeah, is. Oh, oh my really? Yeah. You guys don't know mukbang? No. So that's that's a thing that's a thing that's really popular in a mukbang. Um, okay, I'm, I'm on I'm yeah. on Google. Should I just read it? Well, I can explain it. Okay, explain it and then I'll see if you're good at explaining it or not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a thing that's really popular in a lot of um, East Asian uh countries um but it's also gaining popularity elsewhere okay uh it's like videos of people eating food oh okay yeah i mean you could have fleshed it out better a mukbang also known as an eating (laughs) show is an online audiovisual broadcast in which a host consumes various quantities of food while interacting with the audience it became popular in south korea in 2010 and since then has become a huge worldwide trend boom there you go. So I was pretty close. It's also called mukbang, apparently. That's how it's re- pronounced. I think that's the right pronunciation. Yeah, mukbang. Yeah. I can't yeah. see why anyone would want to watch me eat anything, especially like... No, not you, David. Yeah, it's different with you. But why not me? Why can't the average Joe just go on there, well, eat some on. spaghetti? You, you know why not you. Okay, fair. <laughs> You've seen yourself eat. <laughs> He just agrees. Yeah. I'm too surgical. Not any of us. Not any of us. I'm way yeah, too Yeah, David's disgusting. too surgical. He's a doctor. Way too fast. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. all have really disgusting eating styles. <laughs> so it could be true. none of us. Yeah. I so shove no, it in. No mukbangs for us in the future. Yeah. That could be like a subset of mukbang is... is, is disgusting like disgusting eaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. You're, you're singing your favorite song... 
why you're the black market mukbang like the really gross <laughs> yeah. mukbang the, the underground under, the, the dark underbelly web. of mukbang yeah <laughs> the mukbang no one wants to talk about oh my god on, on a-chan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. espn ate the ocho mukbang championships <laughs> but dark mukbang anyways yeah that's awesome thanks for that review jake i i really like this album it's it's joyful yeah, it's really good I have not Indeed. listened to this album fully, but this is the first song, and it's good. I like it. Yeah, I think it's. I want to listen to most more of it. So, hardcore horns. Yeah, booyah. Um, well, let's move on. Let's let's listen to uh, the second song on the album, which is "Be Sweet" by Japanese Breakfast.
Wicked. So good. Very funky, very groovy. Ooh, there it is. Fuck yeah. Yeah, very funky. Speaking of funky. Um, you want to know what? This is actually a great dope. opportunity to talk about something really quick um, that I realized. So Friday, I realized something um, in the midst of all the What's big hip hop releases. I'm, I'm not sure if we have like a big following of people that listen to us that listen to Trap as well, but it was a huge day for Trap. Migos Culture 3 came out. Pierre Bourne's The Life of Pierre 5 came out. And Polo G's Hall of Fame came out. All of which, three huge trap albums um, doing crazy streaming numbers. All great in their own right. My personal favorite was Polo G, but we won't talk about that right now. Um, But I realized while I was listening to these albums back to back to back on Friday morning, get absolutely nothing done. I was looking in the mirror um, after coming out of my shower. And you want to know what I realized? Yeah. In horror. Yeah. Do you want to know what I realized? What? My skin. Glowing. (laughs) Absolutely glowing. You don't say. (laughs) Yeah, I do. You look like a different person, Lee. You look like a different person. I know. So about halfway... Is that Lee, baby? Yeah. Yeah. If you can believe it, that's that's exactly what I said to myself. So about halfway through Hall of Fame, I think I got to about track... uh, I think I got to about Broken Guitars-ish on uh, Polo G's album there. And I said to myself, I said, wow, that Koa, spelled K-O-A, that Koa <laughs> is really doing numbers, really doing numbers for me and, uh, and for my appearance these days. Let me tell you a little bit more about it, shall I? Uh, it's the only skincare <laughs> brand guaranteed to get your complexion glowing, as if you weren't just inside for the past year trying to dodge this, uh, this, this thing here, uh, the coronavirus. Um, luckily, that's over now, so we don't have to worry about that. But uh, it's guaranteed to fill your DMs with people wondering how your skin got oh so smooth, similar to mine, and how I was wondering on Friday, I was, what did I do to my skin? Oh, (laughs) dummy, I've been using Koa. (laughs) That's what happened. Koa. Duh. Uh, I can honestly say I've been using it for about a month now. My DMs are completely slammed full with people who want to know my secret. Polo G's been in there. All three Migos have been in there. Um, Pierre Bourne's been in there, just like wait in your DMs. Yeah, they've just slipped right in my DMs. They're like, "Hey, man, first of all, thanks for the shout out on the Damn, on the dude. pod. They foresaw that was going to happen." And then the second thing is, they were like, "Holy <laughs> shit, your skin is so smooth. What did you do?" I said, "Hey, look, let me tell you a little bit a little bit more about it. Koa is formulated and manufactured right here in Toronto. I said, using premium <laughs> plant based and natural ingredients. You just can't you get this that? type of quality. I said this right to them. I said, you just can't wow. get that type of quality anymore, guys. Look at me. Look at me right here. I said, Quavo. Hey, Quavo." Look at me right here. Can't get that type of quality at these price points anymore, Quavo. Plus, they have a variety of products that are suitable for all different people with all different skin types. So go check them out at www.shopcoa.ca or follow them on social media when you follow Serve and Sonic on social media. And you can find them at shopcoa.ca on their various social media platforms. Quavo says... Thank you so much. And then he left. Wow. Um, and I want to say the same thing to Koa. Thank you so much, Koa, for supporting the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Koa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving on to our next segment. What do we got? Oh, yeah, this is exciting because this is a, this is a uh, brand new uh, segment, uh, kind of, uh, with right. a brand new 
guest host um, right. named uh, Dr. DJ David Herrera. Um, this is going to be sort of an extra special, the first, yeah, uh, extra special um, spicy And the staple. J stands for janky. <laughs> <laughs> um, indeed. And David uh, Janky yeah. Herrera. Let's hear it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, glad to be here. Um, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this podcast. I think I'm the number one fan. And I was like, I think we're missing something. I think we're missing. You're the one, you're the one fan. Right. The, yeah, the one and only fan. My mom would argue that she's the number one fan, but I'm the only fans of. Yeah, yeah. but she doesn't actually listen to the show. So. No, no, but she she definitely talks a lot about it <laughs> to her yeah. friends. My son, yeah. she's like, doesn't have a real job, <clears throat> just has this show. Right. You can always be like Joe Rogan made a hundred million dollars off a podcast, so always you can always bring that up. Um, yeah, but I'm not here to talk about Joe Rogan. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to talk about one of the greatest things that has ever happened in, you know, pop culture, in music, in cinematography, and that is wow. the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, wow. And you know, my inspiration really came from an article that Vice uh, released. I think it was last, like a month ago, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and it, it is yesterday. Called, it was We're really it, doing it. It must, right. yeah. <laughs> and the article was uh, uh, titled "Fast and Furious is the Only Good Hollywood Franchise," um, wow. and I have never connected to and ever agreed on an article more than that that one that came out. Um, <laughs> right. One of my favorite one of my favorite things about that article. Uh, it was when they wrote in praise of a big screen blockbuster that is everything it's supposed to be no more or less um, that's one of the things I love about the Fast and the Furious franchise is that it is it knows what it is <laughs> it knows who it's going for it knows like it's audience and it knows doctors. it very well it's exactly. going after doctors <laughs> yeah it, it, you know I put it on sometimes and it's you know it takes me to a time that was a bit more joyous you know and less less chaotic and less you know focused on the pandemic but because this is a music podcast i really wanted to focus on uh the too fast too furious uh soundtrack um right you know i do i do want to super quickly interject sure, um, sure, sure, sure. and just to clarify just to clarify for the listener that this is something that david was was born to talk about um <laughs> He has seen every Fast and Furious movie more times than I think I've taken breaths. Um, <laughs> he, I lived in Vancouver shortly, which is where um, David is based, and he graciously let me stay in his uh, penthouse in his mansion. Right. Um, and uh, you know, why? also allowed why? me to use his Netflix because family comes first. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> he, and that's the thing about David. He doesn't just watch the show. I he live lives it. by those he values. He lives by yeah. the rules, yeah. He lives by the code of the street. Right. And, um, uh, and I, I saw by just logging onto his Netflix that he had cycled through the entire franchise. <laughs> and, then, and then like a week later, I went, was back on the Netflix and he'd restarted the franchise was about halfway through at this point. And then like another month goes by and I log on again and he's back on that franchise. 
And like it was like the most watched thing on his Netflix by a huge margin. I, I so think I just what, wanted people to know what Jake is omitting. This is totally this is totally sincere. For what, David. what Jake is omitting <laughs> is that he he was into watching those movies with me as well. So <laughs> big big question for you, David. Yeah, what's up? Big question for you. Where does uh, um, Hobbs and Shaw rank? In <laughs> That's a good question. The all time all-time viewing experiences of uh, the Fast and Furious series? This is a great question. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I didn't love it. Um, yeah. Is it because they randomly it. decided to go to Samoa? <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. It was... I, I like the, the full cast of Fast and the Furious. I like the the family aspect of it. I like... Yeah, um, you want Groot, don't you? Yeah, you I want... want Groot. I want some of the... Like, I want more of the cars, less of, like... These two meatheads, like you know, doing their thing. Um, even right. though that's the that's the, obviously the whole purpose of it, but it just it felt like they were just trying to get money at that point. It right. was like, which is you know what movies are as opposed to uh, yeah as opposed the to rest of the franchise. And a, then what do you think they're doing with F nine? I think they're <laughs> I think they're trying to wrap up the 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 franchise. You think this is gonna be the last one? I, I hope. I mean, I think so. I hope so. I think it's you know nine is good. I would be. I would be wildly surprised. I think I, it's going to it's between this and Saw as the two franchises that I'm sure will never die. I think there might be some more spin-offs, mm. um, but I think they might be wrapping it up. It's I mean, how how much mm. longer can you do the same characters, right? I think um, so, but you know, I, I didn't love, you know, I didn't love uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm excited for the okay. ninth one. I've been waiting for it. Um, I want to watch right. it in a, in a movie theater like a regular person without thinking about it. Um Right. So right. yeah. Right, because it's been it's been it's been delayed a few times because of COVID. Right, like it's done, ready to be released. Yeah, they're just waiting. Yeah, they're essentially waiting for the summer. So it's you know summer blockbuster, as as it were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right, 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 right. my thing then, uh, David, is <clears throat> with Fast and the Furious. Um, they have this new, you know, movie coming out, obviously, and the soundtrack also coming with it is being released at the end of this week, June 18th. Um, they've already released two singles. Those singles have some pretty big names in it. Jack Harlow, Ty Dollar Sign, or Dollar Sign. That was the whitest way I could have possibly said that. Um, Tyler, Tyler Don, Dollar Sign. Jack Har- Mr. Mr. Tyler Dollar Sign. Jack, um, Jack Harlow's probably the whitest <laughs> rapper there ever was. So That's true. That's true. Uh, right, right, and then right. we also got Don Tolliver on one of the tracks. He's obviously an up-and-coming artist. So they're... they're and I've looked at some of the other track listings too, and they have like, you know, other huge artists on there too, like Travis Scott and ASAP Rocky and, and shit like that. So they obviously have a huge stable of artists. What do you think the, uh, the artists that they've had on, on past soundtracks says about like the times of the fast and furious soundtracks? Like, do you think it really reflects what was popular at that time? Do you think that they were like breaking new artists at the time? Or do you think they were, you know, just really good at like picking the ones that were already popular? Or yeah, do you think I- like, it helps shape sound. Like, what's your what's your thoughts on what the soundtracks did for music and, and I mean, how they reflected their times? I think that it definitely shaped a lot of things that were happening at the time. But it was a reflection of, of of you know what was going on. It was just fun music. It was. I mean, I'm thinking about like for so I was talking about Too Fast, Too Furious, which is like my one of my favorite movies of the franchise, and the the soundtrack is my favorite. Um, it's 2003. You have you know Ludacris. Uh, t- you know, Trick Daddy, Tyrese, 
um, Fat Joe. You have all these amazing artists, and it just sounds like they're trying, they're, like they're having fun. They're enjoying being in this movie, making music for this, you know, obviously not serious um, uh, uh, movie. And it just sounds like they're enjoying, like being popular, being pop, like being popular in the music world, right? So I think it's really great. I think like. Um, it definitely, I know that I said something controversial earlier when we were talking about how it, uh, put people on the map, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, Ludacris, I think Ludacris has become like, you know, such a staple in terms of like, an, like a, a um, pop icon, you know, he does music, he does movies, mm -hmm. he, you know, I think he's in television as well. Um, Pitbull, mm -hmm. Pitbull is in this in this album as well. He's you know I mean, he was in he was in Crash, Ludacris, which like won won an Oscar, right? Exactly, right? exactly. Didn't it? Yeah, best original song, Ludacris. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. You know, even Dead Press is in this album as well. So there's some and Joe Budden who are like more serious, you know, uh, hip hop artists in in this album. Yeah. I think Joe Budden thinks he's a serious hip hop artist. I don't know if that's an accurate reflection of his career. I mean, in 2003, I think he was making more serious. He definitely he definitely has some bangers, but I, I think he's now known mostly just for like ragging on like new up and coming hip hop artists because he's like, mm, it doesn't sound like the old days. It's like, well, relax, buddy. Like nothing sounds like the old days. Relax. That's true. And yeah. and the a fun fact is when I was doing some research on this on the least Too Fast and Too Furious it. The album reached number five on the Billboard 200 and, pe okay. and peaked atop the Billboard top soundtracks on top R&B hip hop album charts. And it spawned four singles, which is Pump It Up, Act a Fool, Pick Up the Phone and Hell Yeah. So Pump, Pump It Up and Act a Fool are like the two iconic songs um, from this album. And I think we're going to play go. one of them. So, yeah, you know, iconic. So what you're telling me is the Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack launched Billboard's career. Yeah. You could even say <laughs> it impacted Kanye in some way. No. Oh wow! Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Inspiration for his, you know, his albums. I think. Yeah. Cars. Drive slow. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing I love about the movies and the soundtracks uh, to these movies is that they know what they are. They're, you know, they're just having fun with it. Um, I think I watched Fast and the Furious where I'm like, there's a lot going on in the world. There's, you know, a lot of serious, there's a lot of serious things happening and I just want to have fun, not think about it. Um, someone once described Vin Diesel as your favorite uncle's favorite uncle. And I love that about him. <laughs> uh, and if you ever want to, if you ever want to watch a video on YouTube that will make you laugh and, um, will make you like love Vin Diesel. It's it, you can Google Vin Diesel King of Cringe on YouTube. Uh, he's just like a wholesome guy who got famous because he's sort of awkward and you know he's a bit. He's I guess he's got a bit has of a, a body. deep voice. Yeah, has a deep voice and is like you know ripped. I guess. Um, so yeah. So that well, I love. I love his new song "Feel I Feel Like I Do." As I well. I actually love that song. I think it's a great <laughs> song. I think it's oh, sorry, it's not a great song, but it's an entertaining uh -oh, song. It's an entertaining you song. Sewered, you might have sewered your credibility here. I think it's a great. I think take. I listened to it a couple you times. You could lose your medical license, David. Right, right, right. Yeah, come I on, David. I think I put it on a couple times, and Jake just like turned the music off completely yeah. and left the 
left the room when they did. So, but I, I thought it was. Yeah, and then you then you sent me the link to my phone like three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so I think we're gonna listen to "Pump It Up" by Joe Budden. With a dame, a chitty drunk, you came to get it on. More than five O's in your bank to get it on. Roll up like that thing to get it on. Plank to fit it on. Came to get it on. Hold up, you wanna work that, work that. Let me in, let me hurt that, murk that. Say you gotta hurt back. Can't spit it out, boo, you gotta slurp that. Can't cut away after we done, it wasn't worth that. So we am responsible for bringing dirt back. Back, uh, she has the bar style and she's throwing it up She drank a little hip note, throwing it up But I'm only dealing with freaks that wanna cut mine If you agree, it won't nut Can't go to get it played late night on BZ Uncut uh. Do your thing, let me do my thing I mean, do your thing, let me do my thing Move that thing, mommy, move that thing Come on, Move that thing, mommy, move that thing So do your thing, let me do my thing I see some haters drilling. I see some ladies chilling. I see that girly I've been plotting to get that speaker. I've been to whip and we come. Second, my people's come. Here we go, I see you don't stop. They wanna ride and something with a rim, don't stop. Look, baby, you fine, but your girlfriend's not. And then she wanna hold out, getting cute on the phone. I ain't gotta be bothered, be cute on your own. My jump off doesn't run off its mouth so much. My jump off never asks why I go out so much. My jump off never has me going out of my way. And she don't want nothing on Valentine's Day. My jump off don't argue and get rebellious. And she don't mind hanging out with the fellas. My jump off's not insecure or jealous.
Iconic. Wow. Iconic. Truly. There was a... Uh, oh, of course. Um, there was a... Uh, a little bit of beef that came with that song, too. I'm not sure if you know about David, but that song produced is produced by Just Blaze. Just Blaze! And uh, was originally supposed to be for Jay-Z. It was a beat for Jay-Z, and he turned the beat down. And uh, Jay-Z actually has, like, a version that he's rapped on. It came out in a mixtape or something like that. And it's like a diss track to Joe Budden because they were, like, beefing at one point. I feel like Joe Budden beefs with everyone, nice. so it makes sense. He truly does. Um, he truly does. But if anyone wants to listen to this inspired, you know, soundtrack, I definitely recommend it. How can it have not inspired College Dropout? That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. if you want to have some fun and you know go back in time, uh, that it's a great album to do that too. So the too fast, too. If you want to go back soundtrack. in time, furiously. Yeah, yeah. too yeah. fast and, and too furious. And very fast back in time. Indeed. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for that, David. Yeah, thanks, David. Wow. Yay. Yeah, and what a special segment it was. Um, we've also got another new segment for y'all today. Um, this mm-hmm, one's going to be mm-hmm. led by uh, the eagle, the eagle himself. Right. And uh, I want to call it... I want to call it like... Yeah. I want to call it... Uh, I want to call it listener patas. Or... Maybe share platys. Oh, okay. Share plates. Very um, share plates. But this That's is a nice one. this is a yeah yeah this is a listener request. I'm trying to keep it food based, you know, because there's yeah, sort of a yeah. loose. Food we'll put a think theme. on it, but share plates share plates is maybe a good one. You okay, might have found it with that. That was one. just off the off the top of the dome, y'all. Right off, right off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a, a listener request. Uh, somebody phoned in to our direct uh, red phone. Same, same um, line that, that the Migos reached us at. Exactly. Um, requesting yeah. that we review an album. And so Lee has taken it upon himself to, to do that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll hand it over. Yeah. So I just want to say first and foremost, shouts out to at AJ underscore the truth <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> for uh, sending in this here request. Um, yeah, I think share plates. I, I like I'm going to keep saying share plates. So it might just. We might just throw that into the universe and see what happens. But um, sick. Uh, but yeah, no. I, I said last week on the show that we had received uh, a request to review an album, and we want to keep taking those requests from you guys. And we're just trying to figure out the best format in which to do it, how it makes sense within the show's structure, while also you know not going too crazy off the wheels here for you listeners. So um, yeah, I. Just, I appreciate the the input and the feedback, and um, let me know how you guys feel like this one goes, and we can kind of go from there. But uh, the album that was requested was um, arguably one of the biggest albums of the year, definitely uh, one of the biggest albums of the year commercially. And that album is J. Cole's The Off Season. It was released actually exactly a month ago today, May 14th, 2021. Uh, it's uh, J. Cole's first studio album, um, first solo studio album since K.O.D., which released which was released back in 2018. It was released on Cole's own label, Dreamville, as well as Rock Nation. Um, Cole's last couple of years have been fairly dominated um, with him acting as J. Cole, the 
uh, label owner slash promoter. He was really, uh, really big on like creating a platform for others as evidenced by um, Dream Dreamville's uh, joint album, the whole label album that garnered some Grammy buzz last year, uh, Revenge of the Dreamers 3. Um, had some other label mates on it, JID, Earth Gang, Boss, and uh, Ari Lennox all having had significant releases themselves and features during uh, kind of J. Cole's layoff here in between albums. The album is J. Cole... Kind of, I guess, the offseason is, is J. Cole kind of like announcing his comeback, if you want to think of it like that, uh, really into the spotlight, being at the center stage of, of his label again. Uh, and uh, this is, I think, gone over pretty well from what I've, I've read. And uh, I've listened to the album now a handful of times, and I think a lot of people have opinions on it. Most of those opinion, opinions have been fairly favorable. Um, it received a lot of excitement too upon its release. Um, a couple of days before it was released, it was, or I guess a couple of weeks before it was released, it was announced that J. Cole was going to be playing professional basketball question mark for a team based out in Africa. He was playing in Rwanda, um, for a professional basketball team. And yeah, so he went on to average like two points or something like that out of the five games that he participated in. So he didn't do very good, but at the end of the day, he played professional <laughs> basketball in Rwanda. So uh, pretty weird album rollout, but uh, that definitely guarded a lot of buzz and definitely helped kind of bring him to the center stage in terms of media relevancy for this album being released. Uh, and it actually got so much attention that it broke Spotify's one day streaming record for the year. Um, up until that point anyways. And uh, that record is 62 million streams on its very first day on the platform, which is wow. bonkers. That's a lot of streams. Um, that's like serving Sonic wow. numbers from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least. Yeah. yeah. It's at, roughly at, half at, most? at minimum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So... Complex even recently named it the best album of the year so far at the beginning of this month. So it's it's gotten a lot of, I think, positive review. Um, I would I guess I, I guess I'll talk about like my feelings on the album in a second. But that's just kind of like the general reception. The tone of the album is a lot less preachy than usual for J. Cole. Me personally, something that I've always kind of struggled with when listening to J. Cole is I feel like sometimes he goes on. Uh, like maybe self-righteous tangents or like really staking his claim as like one of the best in the world. And sometimes it feels like it hasn't been necessarily earned yet or there isn't like a stable of work yet that really uh, props up maybe that um, that claim. But there's a little bit of less, a little bit less than that on this album. And it's a lot more self-aware, in my opinion. Uh, it's more punchy with the bars that he has, uh, way less focused on chasing like that phantom legacy that we're kind of talking about. Um, like, I think that a question that he kind of was like always like throwing out there in past albums, like he would like kind of compare himself almost to like Nas in some albums. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be Nas. Like, that's okay. There's tons of rappers who are never going to be Nas. And like, that's <laughs> probably something that like is a lofty expectation to have for yourself. Um, he's also probably not like ever going to be Drake, right? Like he's never going to be that guy that just like has endless pop singles either. And that's okay too. Like that's also like a lofty expectation to put on a career. Um, and if you don't achieve that, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that your career is different than that of, of, of 
that pop star, right? Um, so I think there's like a, maybe a self-awareness of like, I'm neither of those things. I exist in my own environment, my own self. And that's like really brought out, I think the best in Cole in this album. Um, he's still got like that classic sort of like braggadocious in like, I guess like best in the best way, sort of, um, uh, like hip hop type delivery. Uh, and it really kind of comes off as him being like a true kind of like student of the hip hop world of the hip hop art. Um, and I think that kind of like makes him a little bit more endearing than I've, I've maybe felt in the past, maybe a little bit more approachable and, and likable. Um, and honestly, he's at his best when he works with others. Uh, that's something that he hasn't done for a couple of albums now. Uh, he's been notorious for having like no features on albums in the past and just being like the sole voice. And I think sometimes like when you couple that in with like maybe him like getting like too committed into like this really murky idea of what his legacy is to him and uh, also being like the sole voice on you know, an hour's worth of music, it can just get really bogged down and it can feel like really like kind of like sludgy. Like you're kind of like, Oh my goodness. Like this is like kind of one toned a little bit having these other voices and having like a more self-aware sort of like identity to his music. It just like makes it sound like way more fun, way more enjoyable. And the other people kind of like break up maybe some of like the, um, other maybe like tougher areas to handle in some of the albums in the past. Um, and I think he like really compliments those artists as well. Like he brings out the best in them too. Um, so some of the features that we're talking about here, we've got boss, we've got black 21 savage, little baby, definitely some heavy hitters there. Um, and the production, which is my favorite part of, about the album is also really exciting. So J Cole, um, the thing that I love about J Cole, he's done most of the production on his albums in the past. He's a very good hip hop producer. I'd say, I think forest Hills drive, which is, uh, probably his best album in my opinion. Um, prior to the agreed, off season agreed, agreed yeah prior to the off season um has truly stunning production like he's he's really flexed his muscles in that album uh as uh, a producer and i think sometimes his rapping just like wasn't quite there um which is like fine like there's tons of examples of that i know we've already brought up kanye in this episode a bunch but like kanye is a fantastic example of that like college dropout is entirely about like the beauty of that production. Kanye's rapping is like just frankly like not very good on some of the songs on that album, but the production is so good that it makes up for it. And I think of like Forest Hills Drive uh, in a similar sort of fashion. Like the production is so great that like I kind of give a pass to some of the rapping. Um, I think on this album though, the production is like on par with the rapping. Um, or even just like maybe slightly better, but they equal out each other way better. Um, and the, the lyricism and the rapping and the singing over top of their production, like it finally feels like it's, it's caught up a little bit, um, which is great. So it brings out really like a, a great kind of like equilibrium. I like that word equilibrium on the album. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Equilibrium. Thanks. Um, so some of the production that's on there, obviously J Cole, um, Timbaland, Boy Wanda, Canadian, oh. Uh, and Frank Dukes, who we talked about last week with Mustafa. So um, the song that I want to play for you guys, just so that you can get a little taste of this album, is actually the one that Frank Dukes is producing as well. Uh, it features Boss and Black, and uh, it is called Let Go My Hand. And the song is basically 
I think one of the more genuine songs in the album. It's kind of like a piece of self-analysis as an artist, as a father, and as a citizen. Uh, and for me, it's really like a standout on the album. Um, and plus, it has Canadian production. So, effing rights, my guys. Woo. Yeah, let's go. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but I'll, I'll give I'll give the album a quick rating before I do this, so that we can move right on to Combat Rock after this. Um, let's go. The so Metacritic. Um, which is, again, the same resource that we've been using for a couple of these reviews in the past, um, kind of takes all the reviews of various different outlets and um, takes the average score and it just spits out what the like album is rated on th- throughout the internet, rather. Uh, it gave it a 76 out of 100. I think that that's a fine score. Um I think that when you actually start to like dive into some of these other things that gave it really high ratings, like for instance, Complex already named it the album of the year. So unless it's all the other albums are like okay to bad, that would mean that, you know, it's probably got a higher rating in Complex's eyes. Uh, Clash and Exclaim both gave it uh, nine and eight um, respectively. Wow. And then, uh, then there's on the lower end of the spectrum, um, Pitchfork, which is the lowest review I've seen so far, gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I think Pitchfork's wrong. They're too low. I think it, it's a much better album than what Pitchfork is giving it credit. Yeah, Pitchfork is hating. Pitchfork's hating. And uh, I think Clash and Complex are a little bit too excited about an album that I think really ultimately is just kind of like uh, a taste tease for the album that's supposed to be coming after this called the fall off which is which cole has been teasing for a while this is kind of like the primer for that getting people excited about j cole again and getting him buzzing again so that he can drop that so can taking all that into consideration i think personally i would give it um 8.1 hey good goings at a 10 because to be honest with you the last couple of albums by j cole i was like okay but this one, I'm like, hey, good going. This is a good album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to give it a solid. Rating. Yeah, a solid 8.1 out of 10. It's not an eight. I think it's better than an eight. I think I think it deserves to be on some top albums of the year, like uh, lists at the end of the year. Like I think when we all look back, we're like, hey, what well, were like you know some of the top 25 albums of the year? I think this will be in there. So I think it, it, it's it's a good album for that. Do I think it's gonna blow away, like all these? other like potential big releases that we have coming up this year you know kendrick's coming up drake's coming up kanye's coming up will we look back and be like oh yeah it sits along with those other albums maybe not so i think you know 8.1 hey yeah yeah nice going out of 10 is exactly uh exactly where i want to place it so yeah right yeah not to like fast and furious 9 soundtrack coming out yeah right right. not not gonna compare not gonna compare but you know is it going to sit with the heavy hitters? That's what I, that's what I ask. Right. Yeah. So. Into yeah. it. Well, thanks, Lee. That's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm so uh, pumped to check out this track. Yeah. So this song is called Let Go My Hand. Again, production by Frank Dukes. Um, let's uh, get into it.
Sometimes I question whether this shit matters Putting substance into something in the world So used to instant gratification I found this instrumental on my phone while on vacation Eve sent it a year ago or so I probably heard it before But slept on it, you know Shit don't always connect as soon as you press play At times you gotta step away Do some living Let time provide a new prescription Giving truer vision I dibble dabble in a few religions My homie constantly telling me about Quran Putting me on I read a few pages and recognize the wisdom in it But I ain't got the discipline for sticking with it Now I'm on the way to London Got a show for seven digits I'm wondering just when did I become my biggest critic I wanna be my biggest fan Like how I was when didn't nobody know my jams Today my son said dad let go my hand Reminded me one day he's gonna be his own man And my job is to make sure he's equipped I gotta make sure he not no bitch Cause niggas bound to try him If I said I was the toughest growing up I would be lying I had a fear of getting punched while everybody eyeing Add to that a constant fear of dying By gunshot wound or other violent type of endings I kept a tough demeanor on the surface But was mostly just pretending Luckily my bluff was working way more often than not But sometimes a nigga pulled my car Trying to expose me for a fraud And with my reputation at stake I was scuffling just to save face Couple wins, couple losses Some broken up, too quick to call it My last scrap was with Puff Daddy Who would've thought it? I bought that nigga album in 7th grade And played it so much You would've thought my favorite rapper was Puff Back then I ain't no shit Now I know too much Ignorance is bliss And innocence is just ignorance Before it's introduced to currency and clips Or bad licks that have a nigga serving 3 to 6 Shit Soldier's song Marching on
There you Boom. go. Yeah. J. Cole. Off season. Yeah, the off season. J. Cole. Yep. Wow. So there you go. I'm I, I was I'm like a huge Forest Hills Drive fan. That yeah. album came out and I was like, oh my god, this is good. It's super good. The production on that I think still might kind of remain as his best production in my opinion. Um yeah. and just like maybe maybe the best like songwriting in terms of like yeah, maybe like a, a beat going into the next and it feeling like it makes sense, if that kind of... I'm not sure if that makes sense yeah. or not. Yeah, concise. Yeah, a very... Equilibrium. It very, yeah. Very I can equal, use it too. Very equal, yeah. No, I just think it like from song to song, it's like, okay, this is high quality production. Um, and maybe, you know, I saw someone kind of relate the off season to Drake's... Um, if you're reading this, then... If you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, so, and cause they're similar in terms of like, yeah, like they're sure like they're studio albums, but like, they're not like they were both precursors to the bigger album that was to come. Yeah. If and they, ca- they this, came out around the same time, didn't they? No, no, sorry. Sorry. I'm saying this, like the off season. And, uh, if you're reading this, oh, oh. yeah, kind of like are being treated <laughs> similarly. Like if you're reading, this was the precursor to like the bigger, more like grand next album, which turned out to be views. And, um, like even like Drake's in, like, if you're reading this, like references views and references the next album, like it's never really about that project. You know what I mean? Like it's more of like a taste tease, right. like I was saying about this one. And then this one is, you know, mm, the one tastees. for, uh, yeah, the fall off. So anyway, so that's no. that. I think, I think it's a fine album. I really do. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be. Yeah, when it's all said and done at the end of the year, we're going to look back and be like, yeah, that was a good hip-hop album, but I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, maybe what some other people are saying, like, you know, album of the year or anything like that. I don't agree with that. It's, I still think we've reviewed albums so far in this show that I would really, like, go to first as, like, real high watermarks of the year. Um, right. But I, I do think it's a, it's it should stand out as one of J. Cole's, um, yeah, more more, like, highly... I think, or, or maybe I should just say like a, a higher um, sort of rated album in his career. I would say this this should definitely stand out as one of those. Um, so For yeah. sure. And we'll see what else, what's up with the fall off. So, yeah. I like when J. Cole makes music right, with right, other right. people. I like the balance yeah. of having yeah. other voices there. It, it totally, really yeah. helps him. Totally. Yeah. Th- like J. Cole as a feature is also great. Like I think he's he's an elite feature and I think if he can unlock whatever it is that he does so well as a feature in his own music a little bit more, whether that be, you know, creating a better, better platform for the people that are in his songs or collaborating on, on his albums more freely, um, stuff like that could, I think really unlock a great kind of next era of whatever his, his career is going to be. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that song. Well, he does speaking with, like, of high watermarks. No. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say we're moving on. I was gonna say something really important, but that's fine. Well, no, go. You can say it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that. I'm just here to facilitate. It's that fine. song that he collaborated with Young Thug. I thought was really great, and I thought Young Thug was a hero. So I'm glad that I was able to get that out. Thank you for that, Jesus. And now it's time for. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now it is time for the 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 segment the the only segment on Servant Sonic that matters. Right. Untrue. Uh, it's David's favorite segment. The, it's David's favorite segment. It is actually. <laughs> it is. It is. 
Um, this is the uh, segment where uh, hosts go head to head and toe to toe to battle it out. Wow. In the most ferocious meeting of minds. Yeah, let's put our heads together. In violence. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it is called a Combat Rock. Um, this truly is uh, the, the, the segment that I am most excited for every single week. Right. Um, this is like the Formula One of the Servant Sonic universe. For sure. Uh, at minimum, the NASCAR. Right? At minimum, the NASCAR. At, at maximum, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Right. At double maximum, Fast and Furious 9. Nice. Shawnee um, John Cena. <laughs> Oh, is he in it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't Here's the thing, me. though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw did have Idris Elba. That's true. Yeah. The one highlight. So that's that's a redemption factor yeah, right there. For sure. Um, but back to Combat Rock. So uh, last week, we pitted two songs against each other. We did. Um, we did. And uh, those songs were... Uh, Bienvenue à Longai by uh, Damien Robataille, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. my pick. Yeah. Um, and Lee also put forward a song. Can't remember what it was. Oh, that's was disrespectful. By. Come on. It was all, already by Rochelle Jordan. Great Toronto actor. I knew. I knew. I was yeah. just being annoying. Sure. Um, and, you know, it was, a, it was a close race. It was a really close race. There close. were twists and turns. Yep. Um, it was super, super close. I think mm-hmm. the ultimate tally was... Uh, that the song that won won by only one single vote, and the greatest and that turnout vote came in, in the votes as well. Like this, we're talking like yes, twenty twenty like presidential election type voting we had here, guys. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. It was a major, major upset, yeah. and the winning vote actually came from David. Um, I'm just kidding. That's not necessarily true. No, I'm pretty sure David voted for the losing track. Right, yeah, I think he did, actually. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did. Um, but that's fine, you know, because sometimes age uh, has to come before beauty. Right. And, you know, Lee has that glowing skin. He has Koa. It's true. And I have Damien Robitaille. Right. And Bienvenue à Longai was the champion track. Um, so, shouts out to me. Yep. Congrats. And my French connection. Congrats, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, that's what or we'll be listening sh- to I at say, the end of this episode. Shall I say... A baguette. <laughs> oh, wait. And to you, sir, monsieur, mm-hmm. I say, bon s'éblai. Oh, yes. Uh, manger. Où est l'ouvre? Oh, bœuf. Oh, my God. Où est la bousse? Right. Où est la bousse à la bibliothèque? Uh. Ah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, okay, so this week we have new tracks going head to head. Because Hunter's not here, this is like this crazy upset is it's me versus Lee again. Yeah. Um, and Lee's got a I, hot I track have for us. I an immediate, immediate opportunity to regain my control over the Combat Rock trophy exactly. and therefore title of the sole um, Combat Rocker. And you now have 30 seconds 
okay. to tell us about this track. All right, so I'll tell you about it. So my song's by Toby. He's a, a rapper that's coming up in Toronto right now. It's uh, got crazy production. This song is produced by Bad Bad Not Good. We like them. Uh, Matthew Tavares and uh, Maddie and uh, Kate Renata. So um, if you don't like this song, I think really what it comes down to, folks, is you just don't like music. Wow. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say it any differently. I just I took hours thinking about what I should say. And it was that you just don't like music if you don't like the song. So anyways, you're a stupid dumb idiot if you don't like the song. And uh, the uh, song came out at the beginning of the month, June 4th. It's been one of my favorite songs of the year since. So. Um, again, you're a stupid dumb idiot if you don't like it. Here's Toby. This song is called Don't Touch. Hey, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? That's crying on my head. Don't touch. Don't touch that. Touch that. Touch that. Touch that. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? That's crying on my head. Don't touch. Don't touch that. Touch that. No, touch that. don't touch. Don't touch that. No, don't touch. Who's that? Who's that? Real demolition man. My influences ain't got likes on Instagram, but the moves that make just. There you go. Hot fire. Yeah, it's extremely hot. That is a hot track. Yeah. That is a hot track. It, it goes. It gets bouncy. Um, it gets bouncy. You know. And it kicks in real, real quick. Yeah. Um, which always makes an exciting combat rock choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so to defend my title as reigning champion of combat rock, yep. um, henceforth known as ruler of all things, yep. uh, I have chosen a track by a band. It's really a collaborative effort by uh, one uh, uh, Ryan Galloway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the members of... You guessed it, Jay Brecky, Japanese Breakfast. Ooh. Their collaboration is called Bumper. That's Bumper in all caps. And this track is called Red Brick. Let's go. You want couple bouncy tracks, couple Very bouncy, bouncy. Um Yeah, I mean, really, listeners, it comes down to this: Do you want to fight for Canada <laughs> or Oregon? And the answer should be um, both have value, right? Because borders don't exist; they're fake. Exactly, guys. Exactly. Some guy just looked at a map. Looking to try and, you know, eventually push our listeners into is the idea that borders aren't real. Right. Breaking into that idea. Nationalism. Breaking down that. Is evil. Yeah. We talk about the tough stuff here at Servant Sonic. Always have. (laughs) We do. We do. Yeah. Like, we tackle those issues that. Like, which soundtrack is best in the Fast and Furious franchise? Honestly, I feel like right, we've established hitters, heavy hitters. Feel like feel like I do by Vin yeah. Diesel blows those two songs out of the water, but right. That's I'm just, sure that's you just do feel mind. that way. <laughs> I'm sure you feel that way. 
<laughs> Listeners, go yeah. listen to that track and tell me what you think. So. Right. No, I'm sure everyone's heard here's it. The, it literally the... went viral because of how dog shit it was. <laughs> right, right. Here's, here's the other hot take on David. And David, um, this is some major controversy. He's been all over the news recently Uh-oh. because it came out that... Yeah, that David actually has never and refuses to ever watch Tokyo Drift. Wow. He's never seen it. He he refuses I, to ever I've see it. I've seen parts and of it. I've seen parts of it. Well, Look. then how can we how can we take what you say seriously now if, if we've not even watched the best movie in the franchise? Mm, that's not true. But <laughs> <laughs> Lil oh, Bow Wow's oh, in it. Shit. It's true. I just I couldn't I couldn't oh, shit. this is breaking news guys. I couldn't do it Vin Diesel's the car and the foundation of that that was it eh yeah you can't you can't do Fast and the Furious without Vin shouts Diesel out, shouts out Fast no and Vin, Furious no win shouts out Fast and Furious for actually casting Asian actors and not just casting Vin Diesel uh, for Tokyo Drift <laughs> exactly that's, to be honest with you that's something that I would not have put past the Fast and Furious franchise and they surprised us all so congrats to them they were ahead of the times, Lee. Let's Wait, didn't they? Didn't they cast Bow Wow? <laughs> no, it's like an Asian driver. Um, but uh, yeah, they actually cast it. Name one other actor in that movie. Uh, okay, one sec. Let me just throw up IMDb and I'll name the whole fucking cast if you want. Well, no. The point is, you're supposed to know. I mean, I haven't really else. watched it. Okay, look. You think I know that little Bow Wow's in the movie because I know the cast of. Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. No, I know Lil Bow Wow's in the movie because I know every movie Lil Bow Wow's ever been in. Like Mike, <laughs> Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Okay, that's why. Is that it? Has, wow. no, has nothing to do with Tokyo Drift. Um, let me see here. Who do we got? <clears throat> um, yeah, okay, we got Shad Moss. That's our guy. Who else we got? Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, you want to what? Um, so they probably could have casted more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> on, on second glance. So the consensus, the consensus is don't see Tokyo Drift. You can yeah. skip it. Yeah. But I just yeah. pretend like it doesn't wow, exist at learned. this point, so. Right. Yeah. Right. What if you're missing just like a huge plot line in the story that you just would only get from watching Tokyo Drift. Doesn't that irk you at all? Not really, no. I feel like I've watched them. <laughs> I feel like I've watched all of the ones before and after to know exactly what happens. Right. But, you know. I feel like you could also, if you'd never seen a single Fast and Furious yeah, movie, you could start at like eight. Yeah, that's the beauty of like, it. Oh, that's man, are you, are you not bummed that like, you know, there's like this, potentially this huge plot line? It's like, no, I, I feel like I have all the plot I need. Exactly. And it's not that yeah. much plot to begin with. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, David, thank you so much Boom. for joining the show Crash. to talk about uh, F9 and the upcoming. Your passion. Uh, yeah, soundtrack and, and your favorite um, soundtrack of, of the Fast and Furious series. We truly appreciate appreciate it. And you've been the first guest on the uh, Servant Sonic show. So there, there's a feather in your cap. Throw that on the resume. I feel very accomplished, even yeah. more so than yeah. before. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so even much more for so joining. Than getting your PhD. Exactly. Wow. Thank you yeah. so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I guess now we have to think about a way to end the show. Maybe... Um, 
Vin Diesel? Yeah. On three? Yeah. Ready? Just yell Vin Diesel on three. One, two, three. Vin, Vin, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Wow. Pretty easy to do uh, through, through Zoom. I'll say that. Very easy to yell. All in sync. Yeah. I love okay. that. That was my favorite. It's perfect. Well, all right. Well, okay. Ready? One more time. One, two, three. Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Long en arrière. On peut 